Ready? Yep. Okay, so I'm going to start. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Comics Are Better podcast. We have reached the end of the last season, and we have a free, free weeks to do whatever we want. Woo! So <laughs> I'm here today, uh, actually, with Richard and with Carrie. Hello. Hey. Hope you guys are doing well today. We're we're actually this is gonna be kind of a, a loose episode. Um, we normally, you know, we we do spotlights part of the uh, of the podcast, and uh, I felt like you know what, let's let's do a couple spotlights each, but it doesn't have to be comics. It doesn't have to be independent comics. It can be kind of just anything that you kind of get into or want to talk about or recommend. So uh, we might we might do this again next couple of weeks again or if we come up with another idea we'll we'll do that instead but uh we've each come with uh two things uh to bring uh i personally have two comics but uh we do have a a, a good mixed bag of stuff here um uh, so why don't we go ahead and get started um how richard why don't you go first oh hey um well, let's see. What have I been up to lately? So um, I'm a weirdo. If no one's uh, <laughs> picked up on that since I've been on the show. But uh, so basically, I like to save media for later so that if I know something's going to like, hey, hey, let me not watch it. So that that way I know I got something awesome in my back pocket whenever, you know, whenever things get really bad. And I did that with the uh, anime One Piece. Like I'm still reading the manga. And if you're not big into anime manga, you know, if uh, most anime that are adapted from manga, it's usually one-to-one. The adaptation is literally panel to, 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 to animation. So I'm like, well, I'm still reading the comics, so I could just not, you know, watch. let me let these anime episodes stack up for a while. And, you know, and that way when I'm ready, I'll just have awesome stuff to watch. Uh, long story short, I let it stack up for nine years, and I was behind about 500 episodes. <laughs> so... <laughs> So recently I started to pick that back up and I watched the good like 150 to 200 episodes in the last, basically since January, just like, you know, been plowing through them. Nice. And it's awesome. I always tell people I can't recommend One Piece to you because you're likely an adult and you do, you're do you not made of free time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's over a thousand episodes. It's phenomenal though. Like it's so, so, so good. I love it so much. Like the stuff that I read back in 2012 that I just finally saw animated like I was just like oh this is even better than I remember like one of the arcs is my favorite or my least favorite part rather of the 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 manga the story and I was just like oh my god this is like 25 percent better animated (laughs) and then reading the manga as as well it's uh I don't know if it's ending soon because I don't know if uh the 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 creator the mangaka has soon as in his vocabulary because he says it is but keeps introducing new things nice. but like right now it's uh the most recent chapter is 1044 mm-hmm. and it's the big climax of a big battle of a story arc that literally started prior to pandemic like i was reading the beginning of this sometime in 2019 and we're reaching the climax here <laughs> in spring of 2022 wow <laughs> that's crazy that, that's yeah, a slow burn. That's a, that's pretty awesome. The, the manga, the, it, it started in 1997 and has mm-hmm. been continuing on one, you know, the same creator, writer, artist, you know, he has a team, of course, uh, uh, Ichiro Oda, but it's just one big story. And like, 
in chapter 907, there will be a callback to chapter 12. Nice. So, you, <laughs> so you have to be paying attention, but it's awesome. That's and cool. on top of that, I've jumped on some other animes. I think uh, Demon Slayer I watched recently, that was really fun. And I'm watching Attack on Titan. I haven't completed it, but I had started that years ago. And it's, you know, one of these stories that it's about giant naked uh, humans that eat regular humans. <laughs> but they have no genitalia and no one knows why it's like a mystery of where the giant humans come from and and why they're eating the regular people but i finally got to the point where they explained all that and it's real trippy and weird and that it's not very long so i can suggest to everybody please either read or watch attack on titan it is phenomenal <laughs> yeah, okay awesome. God, i always wondered if it was worth the hype because i i do you, especially when you go to conventions you see a lot of people cosplaying as different characters and everything and oh, so it in my opinion, it totally is. Because the mm-hmm. thing is, is that it just keeps compounding mystery on top of mystery. And you're just mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, like this has a lot of fun action. But I screw the action. I want to know what's going on because this world doesn't make sense. And I finally got to the point where the world does make sense. And now I'm just like, well, what the hell are we going to do to resolve this? Because this is all left up. <laughs> so that really reminds me of how I felt when I watched uh, Big O a long time ago yes where, yeah where, yeah where it was it was like it was like why okay, don't these why why is everyone in the city have amnesia <laughs> yeah, exactly and why are there uh lights up in the sky like uh like stage lights and stuff you know so why does this one guy have a giant robot know how to use it and why is there giant monsters attacking the city that no one can tell you where they come from <laughs> exactly so it, so yeah. yeah yeah it's very much in that vein very cool yeah yeah good callback i wouldn't even thought of that but yeah very similar how like that those like plot threads just kind of keep you really engaged and enthralled with the story. Big O has has uh, free real estate or free free uh, rent in my head. It really does. It just stays there all the time. I always say free I real estate wa- for some reason. Go ahead. I, you, not so that actually sounds better. <laughs> you should coin that. <laughs> yes. But um, uh, I actually I never watched the second season to see how that's resolved. Like I just ever watched that first okay. season of Big O. And I was just like, and then by the time that they put the second season in production, like I just wasn't watching anime as often. So second, thank you. I'm gonna go search that out. <laughs> second season's totally worth it. It's the shit hits the fan season. It's mm. like everything possibly insane nuts that, that was nuanced in the first season. The nuance is gone. <laughs> now mm. it's just crazy. So that's pretty cool. So um former um guest of a show plus friend and, and he's also a podcaster andrew levins uh he when 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 uh one piece was around in the nine 90s or nine mm-hmm. 980s, 980s 990s when it came to issue count he read the entire series of the year nice and i was like that's impressive and he, he caught up to 1000 right when like 1000 was coming out so yeah, of reading it though right yeah i'm reading the, the, the manga yes so I would tell if, if anyone ever does want to get to One Piece again, I'm not suggesting it because you're not made of free time. But if you mm-hmm. want if you want to do it fast, read it. It's easier to read. You can plow through it better. But the anime anime is the better experience of the two. So do you watch it, you know, in the Japanese language with the subtitles or do you watch it? Oh, yeah. Um, so with anime, my whole thing is that like it's usually whatever I saw first. If mm-hmm. I saw the dub first and it's a quality dub, I'll stick with the dub. But like, oh, when I started watching, I started watching One Piece, even like I said, it started in 97, 
but I started following it in 2004. So we're still closing in on 20 years, yeah. but it wasn't in English yet. So like by the time they started dubbing it, I was 300 episodes in. So, well, together, I, so um, like I've, I've literally, I don't even know what those characters sound like in English. I knew we were friends for a reason because that's exactly how I feel. It's like whenever like I first came around, whatever I was watching first, like Cowboy Bebop will always be English to me. I, the, only, the only reason why I know what Cowboy Bebop sounds like in Japanese is because um, I had gotten the movie uh, fan sub before it was, you know, mm-hmm. released domestically. That's Me the too, only actually. reason why I, I know what it sounds like in Japanese. If not, English all the way. <laughs> that was like one of my first Comic Con purchases. Was the uh, was the illegal copy of uh, oh of, of Cowboy Bebop the movie? So. What is it? Knocking on Heaven's Door is the name. Yeah. I was just like, I know the name of it. What is it? <laughs> Which, well, yeah, in Japan it was Knocking on Heaven's Door, and in in, in America it was the clever name of Cowboy Bebop the movie. <laughs> so <laughs> we're so <laughs> clever we are um i was going to also just suggest you have you ever watched a uh, giant robo no i haven't and that's like classic anime too and i've, I've actually been no, i've never it. seen it but i know it's the uh it's basically proto big o because it's that whole team oh, that sweet. worked on big o that's what they did before that oh very cool i'll have to definitely check that out then Okay, well, you actually gave us a lot of good recommendations. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> Thank you. Also, thanks for the only indeed IG recommendation. <laughs> I've been scrolling that we, shit this whole time. We Sorry talking, if you heard me laughing. We were talking a little bit before we uh, we started recording. And, and uh, Richard, if, if you it. want oh, to be delighted or so traumatized good. by my city, by my, by my <laughs> hometown, the beautiful, sunny, exquisite Miami, Florida, follow only indeed. Date is the name of our county um and it's i mean it's a party city and you could just see people behaving in a fashion that shouldn't be allowed but for me as someone from here is totally normal and acceptable so (laughs) Um, a couple of thoughts really quick one i love all the different sides of asses i think it's great (laughs) i think these women are hot it's beautiful secondly y'all have a lot of fires that i can't get over and a lot of people with guns. It's like, still, it, I live in the South, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I, I, it's I, always my, um, I always tell my gun people, like my friends that are heavy into guns, I was just like, but you know, that's because you're a coward, right? And they're like, oh, well, what shit. do you mean? And I'm like, no, it's just like, no, but like, re- really, a little old lady walks around the same street that uh, you do. She doesn't have a gun. But you're so afraid of that same street that you have to walk around in that you need to carry a gun. So either you're you're going to start some trouble or you're a coward. It's one or the other. It can't be both. Yeah. Or it can't be neither, rather. But like, yeah, like I was just like, I exist in this world with no gun all the time. And I'm not petrified. So either you're out here to start some shit mm-hmm. or you're for pussy. <laughs> oh, shit. Nice. A question for you. This is off topic, but whatever. Um, Do you believe in keeping a what and i'm not saying a gun but like keeping a weapon in your house no i mean no not really i sleep so i have a claw hammer um on my side of the bed i have a wooden bat and a knife that's accessible in my closet um we keep a mag light and a wooden stick by our front door and we live like in a I mean, knock on wood, but like we live in a good neighborhood. It's just, I think my family's collectively paranoid about some bullshit. 
And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because of my brother's past with law enforcement or like <laughs> we're we just like are on edge about stuff. And my parents always like think of like worst case scenarios. So I have grown up in an environment that's always taught me to be extra vigilant about my safety. And so, so um, at the house, like I grew up in, because we weren't sure about the neighborhood, there's bars, like um, there's a, a metal like bar door ahead of my regular door. Mm-hmm. And there's always been bars on all the windows. Mm-hmm. So I like, it's always been in a fashion. I was just like, um, you would have to make a lot of effort to get in here to not get much. So I guess I've never felt, you know, yeah, unsafe. That said, my mom, if no one's in the house, she'll lock her bedroom door and bar it with the chair as if, I don't know, she's a mob boss and like (laughs) she has enemies. And I'm like, what are you, no no one cares about it. No, but you know what? I, I, I won't speak for her, but I think that possibly it's just her being a woman. And I think we are trained to be fearful and I'm not saying she is and I'm not saying most women are but there's something in our system that doesn't let us sit easy even when we should be the most safe at home like if I'm if I'm home alone um even though I have a dog now right and my dog Brian proved it to me the other night if even if Brian is like fake attacking me my dog goes for him Mm-hmm. like he goes Good he boy. looks conflicted but he goes for brian i mean he literally was grab like clawing like biting his hand to get him off of me we tried the opposite and it didn't happen yeah it was okay <laughs> so, like even though we have our dog it's like if i'm here alone everything down i don't care if it's like 100 degrees outside and we don't have ac every window downstairs is locked and we have mm. like wooden like wooden bars like you know like a burglar bar like it's like, around like a dowel, rod. dowel. Mm-hmm. and I mean that that's down on every window like I'm not I don't fuck around I don't I don't it's, I don't it, it, it's funny with my mom in particular because I'm like oh I, I try not to like admonish her at all because I was like maybe something happened because or, or or it could just be age because my mom's like kind of a badass and she's just like Oh yeah, like no, no. I, I I used to like take the train. Like when I was younger, she's like, nah. I like I was in seventies New York, like during yeah. summer and Sam and everything. She was just like, I would be out at night, like walking the streets solo dolo. I'm not scared of nothing. And then like as she's gotten older, I was just like, I don't know if there's been an inciting incident or it's just age. But then she mm-hmm. got a lot of a lot more scared, a lot more you know hmm. into the paranoia. Yeah. And I'm sure I was, I was like, and if it's an age thing, I was like, I'll, it'll come for me one day. I've told you guys about my late night runs. That's probably not going to happen. At some <laughs> I know when you told me about your late night runs, I was very concerned because again, you know, you put, you're putting yourself in that situation and not like I would ever be caught dead running because that shit ain't going to happen. But like, as, as a woman, you oh yeah no. can't do that and so no, no, I just, it's, it's it an impossibility me, me and when I first started doing that I want to say I was in my mid-20s and I would you know again part of the reason why I started doing it is because it's so ungodly hot down here mm-hmm. and then like I was I would tell people like and this is right at the time I'm starting to get into working out and starting to be all health conscious because one thing about South Florida when you watch only a day 
you'll just start working out. You don't know why. And the reason why is because <laughs> everyone around you is hot and half naked. Whatever you're into, guy, girl, whatever, non um, asexual, um, you know, non gender, everything that you're into, they're hot and half naked yeah. down here. So you just start working out <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> and then I'm, and I, and I, I, I'm at work at the time, and I'm telling my friends, and like, especially my female friends, I, because I was like, I figured out the hack. I'm like, yo, ladies, when you get out of here at work at like 11:30 midnight, just go for a jog. Then it's so nice. There's a breeze out. There's no sun, and they're all looking at me like, what are you talking about? I'm a woman. Something will happen to me. And I was just like, and I lifted my finger up, and I was like, oh. You're right. I'm an idiot. My bad. Because, you know, men are trash. I'm sorry that I even suggested that. But I was just like, just know that I'm out there having a nice casual st- stroll. It's very pleasant. That's awesome. <laughs> like I was doing um, five, five mile walks like in the morning, like five in the morning on like the weekends. And Carrie was like, like oh, no, don't, don't do that. because you're, yeah. you're going to get in trouble. I'm like, I'm Carrie. I'm six foot two. I'm a pretty big guy. I think that there's easier targets out there, mm-hmm. you know? Like I'm, I'm sure I'm not going to be the person that someone's going to to attack. <laughs> so it's crazy. Is it my turn or your turn? It's your turn, Carrie. Okay. So, um, uh, the boys invited me on for this uh, loosey goosey episode, and I was really excited because I didn't have to talk about comics. I could talk about something <laughs> else. So, um, I decided to highlight a couple, or my first book that I'm going to highlight, and they're they're young adult books but they're super entertaining and um it's like I don't like I'm in school I have to read a lot for like things that are not the podcast and my biggest thing is like palate cleansers and I that's what I call just reading just for fun you know and so um I tend to go to uh YA because it's like it can be as dramatic or as sci-fi or fantasy as you want it to be. Um, one of the authors that I'm going to talk about is Zoraida Cordova, and um, she is Latinx. And what I like about her is that um, this particular book is called uh, Bruja Born, and it's basically like a fantasy, like witch trope where like, you know, oh, the the girl is born and and is she the chosen one? And, you know, she has to figure out her life. And so it's a very like run of the mill trope and I'm not dismissing it in any way, but the reason I like it is because it's Latin American. And um, it's actually about like uh, brujeria and um, it's, so it's, and okay. So like, I'm like a Latina and I've born and raised Catholic and I will straight up say like Catholicism is ooky spooky Christianity. Uh, We have a lot of idolatry. We have a lot of like weird ass imagery and like chants and shit. And I, that's why I like it. It's as, it's as ooky spooky as like Christianity can get. And I really, I really dig it. And so um, it's, and brujeria is cool because it kind of smashes all of those um like christian sim like symbols with indigenous magic and so that's it's really it's it's cool it's just if you're ever interested in like 
reading about it, I think like uh, Cordova does a really good job of kind of melding those worlds together and making Latinx magic and old timey indigenous religions like palatable and I will use that word or like accessible so it's um it's just it's fun it's it's a cool read and it's and I and I like those types of tropes because again it introduces the reader to a world that they may not have ever been privy to before and um and I'm not saying it's like Santeria that's something completely different and I was just gonna ask if they're yeah. they were the same deal because we have a lot of that down here so like Santeria's Afro is like Afro-Latin and and Santeria also so it brings up a lot of like voodoo it's um it's indigenous African religions mm. and it's kind of like that Latin magic like that old like magic so that different because like in like to be a vruja like so like my grandma was really like super religious but i think she was also like into stuff like Like a a more mysticism aspect of it yes like she was really into it like if she had certain dreams about certain things with certain people she would tell you that this was going to happen and she was usually spot on um she uh, she also would do the egg rubbing and the egg rubbing you rub it over someone and you say a prayer and it really it removes the evil from you um stuff like that so and then oh, really quick when Brian and I were first married and I was um we were living in San Diego and I was like really missing like my like I, I didn't have a church to go to and I'd grown up in the church. So I was like, oh, I'm going to buy like a crucifix for our house because like I really need one. I don't have one. So there was a botanica store and a botanica mm-hmm. store is um, basically where a Vruja would get their like supplies. And I didn't know that at the time. So I walked into this botanica and it was literally, there was a literal crucifix of Jesus Christ like mechanically bleeding yeah and it was we have them all over them yeah yeah exactly so you know what i'm talking about but i mean like oh, when you're like when you're like, far like, away from home and like that's your first intro i was like what the fuck but yeah, now yeah, or, i'm or like even oh, if they're not mechanically bleeding like the statues will be like oh it's like oh it's a regular crucifix but mm-hmm. like it was also in a saw movie so yes, yes. <laughs> well and and that's the thing too is that like in my in our current house we have a lot of crucifixes in our home because again catholicism and like there's a couple that i swear to god bleed like jesus gets bloodier and it really freaks me out but i think it's just because again like i've seen these things since i was about eight so it's just like really nuts to me but you know catholics are good for gore but it's the sorry I'm, I'm going on a tangent but like no the book is really good and I think that Zoraida does a nice job of it and kind of melding the worlds and kind of bringing it to light for people and I'm all about um supporting authors that are like women of color so I think she's cool so um back in when I was in when I was young in my 20s um, oh, so I worked ago. with a woman, uh, my friend, I know, her. <laughs> so old, but uh, I worked with a woman named Micah. She's a friend of mine now, and Micah and I have the same exact birthday, and she's a bruja, 
Oh, and you know, and maybe a little bit more, but like she does rituals and stuff. But since we have the same birthday, she would always have dreams about and premonitions for me. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, and most of it was always positive. She's like, I dreamt something about you, like you're about to have good luck, blah, blah. But also, I was just like, look, I'm not sure I really believe in this stuff. But if it is real, can we like not focus on me? Because I don't want it. <laughs> like, I'm glad that you're bringing me all the good energy. But like, if it's real, that means the, the negative energy can seep in real quick. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> so like my grandma is my paternal grandmother and she's passed away. But like she had a real sightseeing gift in her dreams. My dad and I both have weird prophetic dreams and it's funny because my father and I must have some like really deep spiritual connection we dream of the same shit most of the time Mm -hmm. and it's not like we saw a movie and so we both had a dream of like this particular thing it's like we haven't talked since 6 p.m the night before and then all of a sudden he's dreaming about this relative and I'm dreaming about the same person and it's just, it's weird shit like that. That's it's, wild. Yeah. And we used to, the crazy thing about my dad is we used to have bees, swarms of bees in front of our cars on the same day. Like in several places. Like in separate Wait, places. <laughs> like yeah. I, like I, we were in San, like we were living in San Diego. I ran into a swarm of bees on the I-5 driving home from work. My dad ran into a swarm bees that same day up here where we live now. Um, okay. That's, that's scary. Yeah. About 200 miles away. Yeah. And so, or like he had a bee go in his car and he'd be four towns over. And I had a bee go into my car the same day. Like just little weird idiosyncrasies like that. My dad and I really have that. So yeah, maybe I should just like straight up be a bruja. I wonder if I can I mean, like do that. Can you? It's never too late. It's never too late. Well, I mean, of course you can. <laughs> but I mean, like, do you have to get into like an in? I'm like, I'm not trying to be facetious, but like, don't you have to know someone? I have no idea. I don't know. No, it's really interesting. It, Karen, it's the future. You just go on YouTube and you learn how to do that shit. You can learn how to play guitar. You can also learn how to be a bruja. Oh my God, that'd be a trip. I would definitely get a lecture from my grandpa at that point, but we don't talk to him. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, So I actually, um, I'm flipping this trip real quick. Um, I was going to do two comics, but I decided I'm going to, to do a, a movie and a comic. So um, I like to watch the um, all the best picture movies that get nominated. And, you know, like uh, before the, the awards, I actually luckily watched Coda literally five minutes before the uh, the um, the award ceremony on Sunday. When we're recording, it's the week after that. And uh and so I was very happy that I got to, I watched the best picture literally, you know, minutes before the actual show uh, where it was revealed that it won. Um, good, good movie, by the way, that, that is a, a shadow recommendation too. I recommend Coda if you haven't seen it yet. Um, but I wanted, so my favorite movie of the, the best picture nominees was Dune, but I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you don't need me to talk about Dune. <laughs> like, you know, if you want to see it, you've probably seen it. 
Um, I was actually really hoping a, a sci-fi genre film would win Best Picture, even though I knew it wouldn't. But my second favorite movie of the uh, of the Academy Award movies I watched was a movie called Belfast. And um, it was directed by Kenneth Branagh. It's actually semi-autobiographical. It was actually written by him as well. Um, it's black and white, mostly, like 99% black and white. But don't let that uh, deter you if you're not into black and white movies. It's actually... I don't see color, so it should be fine for me. <laughs> um, oh, that made me laugh. And because um, literally the the first scene of the movie and the second and the the last scene of the movie are the only scenes in the color. Everything else, because it because basically it starts it starts in present time and then just goes boom. We're in we're in the past. Uh, it takes place mostly in the troubles, um, which is the the moment of the history where. The, uh, the Catholics in Ireland and the Protestants in Ireland uh, were having m- multiple battles, war, fights against each other. Um, basically, the, um, the Protestants um, were tied to, to England, to the UK, and the, um, the, the Catholics were tied to, to Ireland themselves. And the UK at the time controlled a lot of Ireland. And so the, the and um, you know, unlike, you know, if you're here in the United States where you can kind of, you know, have any kind of religion, you know, it, um, that, that this is a country that, that has a state mandated religion, which was Protestant, you know, which was the Church of England. So if you're a Catholic, you were technically breaking the law. So um, obviously that's going to cause problems. <laughs> and Johnny, Sorry. our dog agrees that there were problems. Uh, <laughs> so Johnny's not a friend, fan of the troubles. So the, the big, the big, a, a big part of uh, of what this, of where this all happened in the late '60s was in um, was in Belfast, which is the capital of Northern Ireland, which actually to this day is still part of the UK. The Republic of Ireland, which is the rest of the island of, of Ireland, is, is its own independent country. I know I'm probably saying stuff that everyone knows but just in case (laughs) but um the um this takes place so basically um it's about a protestant family that lives on a street that has both catholics and protestants on it um it focuses mainly on a little boy hence why this is autobiographical because i'm assuming that little boy is the uh, analog to kenneth barnock himself and um it's essentially it's kind of a slice of life story mostly even though it's taking place during a time of uh of combat and warfare you know in a way um because it's kind of it's all seen through the eyes of a child so you know like and so like um his mom and he basically has an older brother and and lives with his mom um his dad's also there in the picture as well but his dad actually works in england um most of the time so he's mostly gone and he comes out on the weekends and so, um, basically, um, things are starting to get starting to get kind of uh, hairy over there in in Belfast. Um, the um, the 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 dad is, is there's a guy trying to recruit the dad very forcefully into you know basically to start fighting Catholics and the kind of the, this family kind of wants is basically like we don't care if they're Catholic or Protestant, we just, you know, we, we just care if they're like good people essentially. So they don't really want to get involved. Um, The, um, the, um, and, but so, you know, but there's only so much when you're in a a situation like that, 
that you can avoid. Um, there's definitely a big crescendo towards the end. Um, but, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping I'm doing a good job describing <laughs> this, but um, it's funny. It has its funny moments. It has, it's uh, obviously very dramatic, um, but it's not like, like I said, it's, it, it, it takes place during this time, but it's not about the time. It's about this, this kid and it's about, about their family and how this time is affecting them. And so I think that's kind of a cool perspective when it comes to like a story about a war or about battles or fights, because, you know, you don't always think about how normal people. people. Yeah, mm-hmm. the normal, exactly. It's always about, you know, the generals and like the, you know, like, like when you think about the troubles, you think about Michael Collins, you know, you, or you think about, you know, like the, the, the Michael Clayton, you know, you like the, 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 the big, the big dogs <laughs> that are fighting in these, in these battles and wars, you know, you don't think about a little blonde boy who lives, you know, with his grandparents and parents, you know, like, you know, that, that likes to pretend that he's slaying dragons with a, with a uh, trash can lid as his shield, you know, like, you know, this is so it's, it's very interesting. Um, it has um, the, it has little boy is played by Jude Hill. He's a good kid actor. I would have to say, you know, like, uh, you know, you have to judge, I think you judge child actors on, on other child actors. Um, and, you know, he, he's pretty decent. Um, uh, the Judy Dench actually, and um, Kieran Hines got nominated for best uh, actress and best actor. Or sorry, best supporting actress and best supporting actor for the for the movie. They they play the kids' grandparents, and they're both wonderful. Like they're they're your they're your happy go lucky like sarcastic grandparents, uh, which which is fun. <laughs> and um, and then um, Jamie Dornan um, and uh, Katarina Balf play play the kids' parents, and everyone did really it's really good I, I recommend it definitely and like like i said it might be black and white but and it might be about a historical picture so it sounds like it's going to be boring but it's not it's <laughs> it's pretty well done awesome oh all the music I was would... done by by van morrison and yes he's an anti-vaxxer but the music's not anti-vaxxers so Van <laughs> Van Morrison's an interesting one because he's a musical genius, but uh, his stances on things are are no bueno. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like oh, like every time I want to say like the last five to ten years, every time I've heard something about Van Morrison, I was just like oh, that's mm-hmm. that's not great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like. He's really good at music, though. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Let's just talk about about uh, brown eyed girls and 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 Jelly Roll. Okay, let's uh, not talk about <laughs> politics, please. That uh, is my Kanye stance. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. if I talk about any of this stuff, it's gonna make me sad. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm just gonna li- I'm just gonna listen to uh, to um, can't tell me nothing or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the definitely falls within the uh, the Oasis rule, which is like love the artist, or I'm sorry, love the art, not the artist. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But all right, well, so I guess we'll go on to our next round then. Richard, you want to want to kick it off again? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so actually today I was actually just loading up on some X Men. I was reading the uh. They, if you subscribe to Marvel Unlimited, they do uh, Infinity Comics, which are uh, direct to uh, to the app comics, and cool. they read scrolling down. 
But uh, I was reading the yeah. X-Men Unlimited one, which is basically, they do like, I don't know, mini story arcs. You know, it could be four issues, it could be six, it could be 10. The first one was just basically Wolverine. Uh, someone gets, uh, I think it was Chamber and Nightcrawler ended up getting kidnapped and Wolverine has to go retrieve them from AIM. Mm-hmm. And he just gets to cut a bunch of people. That yes. was fun. And then uh, the <laughs> next one was, uh, I guess it's going to be an upcoming book book or upcoming arc that's going to be X-Men Green. But, you know, one of the mutants whose powers is more being in tune with the environment and with animals, she kind of becomes an environmental terrorist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And it was very interesting. Like, like, I was just like, oh, this is a fascinating take. And like, yeah, no, like, she kills people and stuff. And then they're like, we have to punish you because you're an environmental terrorist. And then you get to see where it goes from there. And then the last story that I read in that was a, uh, it was a juggernaut and Deadpool team up. Oh, wow. Which rated, uh, it was written by Fabian Nicieza. So, okay. You know, there's a certain level of quality, but it's just like, I like, I, and I like the Nicieza's uh, recent juggernaut book, but I'm not always here for Deadpool, but like, yeah. And he's the co-creator, but it was just enough Deadpool. And I always tell, tell people, if you give me the right amount of Deadpool, I will love him. But like, there's, <laughs> there's like, there's a, a point where there's too much Deadpool. And then it's like, well, I hate this whole experience. And I want it to end very quickly. He's, <laughs> so, the, but, he's the salt of, of like comics, like where like, just, you know, yeah, a little bit of spice. You. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. yeah but, but then, then you're yeah. like, oh, fuck, this is way too salty. I can't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> This, yeah, there's no, something going to perfect... be too salty. It's going to be me. Okay, I'm going to yeah. be too salty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a perfect way to describe it. So yeah, no, I was just kind of running through that, and they're all really good. Like they all have really nice art, but it's more of like a a minimalist art style. Like I mean, not as good as Marcus Martin, but like you could think more in that vein. That the, the way that they're drawn, and mm-hmm. that I believe that first arc, uh, that Wolverine arc, the while we're recording this, uh, it just came out in print today. Okay. Nice. Yeah, oh, it good. came the out premium. like a. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's the first time I've seen them printed. But yeah, that just yeah. came out today when I was uh, doing my comic book shopping. Oh, cool. Um, and then and I started reading the uh, the uh, two tiered mini series, the uh, X Lives and the X Deaths of Wolverine. I read the first, well, the issues one of each because you know you have to read them back and forth. Yes. And both of them are phenomenal, but I know that they lead into whatever this next era of X-Men is going to be. So I look forward to uh, completing that probably in the next day or so. Yeah, I, absolutely. Especially since the um, in the week that we're, we're recording today, actually, literally two X-Men number ones came out. So yeah, a mortal X-Men drop. Yep. So we're, yeah, we're, we're in the, we're in the new era now officially. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. Once uh, one was written by Hickman. So I'm assuming that one's, Probably. Oh no no no! Hickman, Hickman's off the book. No, but yeah, uh, what one of the comics was written by Hickman? Though I'm forgetting which. Oh one. no, the, that that X Men that's the uh, the Infinity comic book. Yeah. That oh, I was talking okay. about. Yeah, that oh. first that first run is uh, Hickman and uh, Declan Sh- uh, Shelby. Oh, okay, that's the book that. Okay, okay, I was yeah. wondering what that was. Okay, yeah, cool. the the Immortal X Men. You know, Hickman's off of X Men at least for the time being, but the new Immortal X Men is a uh, Kieran Gillen joint. And. Cool. Declan Shelby is a, a sign of quality as well. So you know, yes. like, <laughs> definitely. I want to. I keep on meaning. He he wrote a book. He wrote and drew, drew a book called Bog Bodies, um, that came out in 2019. That's like a crime noir, and I've been meaning to. Maybe I'll do it next season because I've been meaning to to, oh, to yeah. read it, and I want you all probably to read it with me. I have, I do have a PDF of it. So 
Hey, you know me, just give me an excuse and I will (laughs) get on top of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so, so, um, so yeah, no, I I read the first two arcs of the, uh, of the X-Men infinity. Um, I love the, I'm wondering how well it's going to translate into print because I know they did a thing that like a lot of webtoons do where they use the scrolling as part of the art. And so, so, uh, but I'm hoping, um, I mean, the professionals, I'm sure that they figure out a way to make it look good. So, (laughs) but yeah. They're Disney. They freaking better. They have more money than anybody. Make it work. I, Nature Girl, um, I think I was introduced to her in um, the, it was the Christina Strain. um, Uh, Yeah, Generation X. Generation X, yeah. And so, and I always liked her as a a character. And then seeing her become like transformed into an eco terrorist and like have like a secondary mutation during this whole thing. Where she's getting closer uh, K- to the- K- so Carrie, I think you'd appreciate her. She looks like a regular girl, and mm-hmm. her superhero costume is that she wears basically a private school uniform, like you know, a long below <laughs> the uh, knee skirt uh-huh. and you know, a blouse at all times. But also, she has deer antlers. Yeah, sweet. So, mm-hmm. she, so she looks totally normal, except that she has deer antlers. And she's in a school girl costume, <laughs> but it's not like a sexy school girl. It's yeah, a very like. Sure. I got sent to boarding school kind of get up and like it just works it, it, like in a superhero world you're like yep yep I that's get it. awesome I don't like it <laughs> yeah, definitely and and like for the first like three issues of of generation actually she didn't talk and then until one time she because she's always communicating with uh animals and then right, right. she's just like, she says, oh, like one all the like, time baby <laughs> yeah so you can talk <laughs> like i didn't know that but yeah <laughs> talk non-stop <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. so not to you guys yep that's very cool um but okay all right well carrie how about you go next um so my next author that i'm going to um kind of highlight is carrie maniscalco (laughs) and she's yeah i'm not i'm no writer which i was but i'm not so um james patterson has a ya um imprint called jimmy and so he helps authors publish their books and they're mostly ya uh, a lot of it will be like psychological horror or straight up horror or a mystery or, um, you know, just kind of like a more serious fiction. Um, this one follows a young, like, so basically every book follows a female protagonist um, by Carrie Maniscalco and it'll say hunting so-and-so. So there's a theme. So like the first book that she did was Stalking Jack the Ripper her second book that I have is called Hunting Prince Dracula. So basically the, um, sorry, these long COVID symptoms are like no fucking joke. So um, anyway, so um, it's like protagonist girl starts becoming involved in the world of these like antagonists during the height of their era, right? So um, in Stalking Jack the Ripper, it's a girl whose uncle is a, um, a forensic like anthropologist. And because it's during that Victorian era of London, she's being a girl, she's not allowed to do anything except have a handkerchief in her hand and cry. So um, her uncle, who is her um, guardian, like kind of like, oh, no, he's not the guardian. Sorry, I messed that part up. Like is like her paternal uncle. So he's like, he notices that she has, she's super smart and that she has like 
a lot of natural innate abilities to kind of like decipher crime scenes. So again, everyone's wishes and without her father's permission or knowledge, he starts sneaking her into like the autopsy room to start teaching her about autopsy autopsies. And he lets her dress up as a boy. So that way, when his other students come in, she can like fit in and then they can learn. Well, it turns out that like Jack the Ripper is also a student and he's learning how to, you know, dismember and disfigure corpses. And so it's like a, and it becomes like a weird little love story because the girl always falls for the guy without knowing who the guy is. Girls working on crime behind the scenes. And once she starts figuring out who that guy is, it's like, what do you do? You can't love that person or be friends with that person. But like, you know, you knew that person without, you know, so it's like this big internal conflict. It's kind of cheesy, but again, it's fun. If you're a fan of true crime and you want something kind of like fantastical, as opposed to like the books that I read on my Kindle, which are like, the man who killed boys, the John G- John Wayne Gacy story or stuff like that. Like, this is like true crime light. It's very nice. It's palatable. Um, I don't know. I like the idea that every book she has out, she features like a different male antagonist. Um, I think it's cute, to be honest. I don't. And I do like the fact that like when I was reading um, Stalking Jack the Ripper, I was actually taking a forensic anthropology class at the time. And so I was comparing what I was learning in my lecture to like the note, like the way it was described in the book. And my professor and I were actually kind of in awe that this author, Carrie Maniscalco, actually did her fucking research because it was technologically correct, like how she was describing autopsies. And so like my professor was just like, this is a YA book. He's like, this is so awesome. And I was like, yeah. So like we were talking about it and it was just kind of, uh, like the whole Jimmy imprint of James Patterson, like there's, you know, it's not like, um, like there's some publishing houses that just churn out, especially YA because YA is consumed by adults for the most part. I think adult readers make up like 60 to 75% of the market and actual like teens and like children. So like we've overtaken the market. It's kind of disgusting, but like I, was gonna say, I feel like that should end some uh, yeah on oh the no, watch no, no, no no so like you have these opinions on the internet and everybody has their say and everybody gets involved and it escalates right so that's what happens in like the YA world where adults who have a lot of time mm-hmm. or get emotional about something like you post once and then they post so many times to these authors that I've seen authors who had really promising like first books coming out get canceled by their publishers because you have an overflow of adult fans with too much time on their hands on Twitter calling out an author for some kind of like perceived slight and then it becomes an issue. So that's my problem mm-hmm. with like YA and adult fans because adults are trash and like we can't keep our mouths shut and like Twitter's a cesspool but like I do like the fact that when I'm reading these types of books like they're the Jimmy imprint is very it's a lot of quality work 
every book that I have from the Jimmy imprint is like really good. And like the authors have been really vetted. And I'm not saying like background checks, but I'm just saying like the work's really good. You can tell that he takes his time with like these authors and that he really helps mold their books and it becomes a really good, like a, a huge career stepping stone. Whereas like I've read another author named Natasha Preston and she's, there's this thing, it's like a deviant art type of website, but for writing it's called Wattpad. So a lot of people get their start on Wattpad. If they're like a YA author, like you can just start churning out books for fucking free and then like building a name for yourself and like an online persona. She Mm. writes fucking garbage. When Brian lived in Texas and I was so depressed and I was sleeping maybe two hours a night and constantly calling in sick to my job because I could not function as a human. I went to Barnes and Noble every other day and bought her books. Oh, they're, wow. legit, they're legit trash, but I read every single one because it was like trashy YA and I knew the way it was going to go. And I was like, this is something that can kind of fill like the, the Brian sized void in my life, you know, Aww. so like, it, <laughs> Brian, you Brian, should ask Carrie out. I think she likes you. <laughs> Brian walked <laughs> 10 miles a weekend and like was super fit when he came home and I had gained weight and I had been reading for like the past seven months because I was so <laughs> upset we all deal with the things in our own ways I had been eating like just Starbucks treats and like drinking coffee I live on bagel bites yeah but, but Brian walked like 10 miles happens to the best of us but like um but yeah like if you're uh if sorry again this is again this is why you need like structure on the show because if you just let me talk no, um fine. but like that's the whole point of this <laughs> yes. but like I that's like, what we're doing today I know okay good but um but for this particular you know th- these particular type of books I really like them and it's um it's it's just like fun reading or if you maybe you don't like young adult or you think like it's kind of cheesy or like you're not going to be caught dead shopping in that section at, at your local bookstore if you have a, a kid or a niece or a nephew or a godchild or a best friend, someone that, or, you know, whatever, like that may like something like that, it's worth it. I mean, I'm all about giving the gift of literacy. My god kids hate it because I always give books and they're like, fuck you, we don't read. But I'm like, you're going to read. Like, it's so important to me. So, you know, just think about it. It's kind of fun. It's a fun little escapism. That's my story. I like it. Thanks. Very cool. So everyone needs to read. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Now I have a, like, I'm not out here reading a novel a week or anything, but I do have a fundamental issue with how we've decided to make our society where we just don't read anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. It's it's a big problem. And and I know I, I read comics but at least it's reading you know no, no, no. yeah like, no, right. it, it doesn't need to be a novel but look, no. people are just adverse to reading like I just to think back to me being a kid and like oh like every adult read the newspaper in some form of fashion and like now I'm a full adult and I was just like oh yeah no, I mean I I might read some articles from the times on my iPad but like the people I work with like no one's reading the paper <laughs> Exactly. And it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And then also, I'm sure you hear people, you know, lament about quality of of like TV shows or movies. And it's like, 
you know, like, is there something specific you're looking for? I could probably recommend a comic or a, or a, or right. a book that that will will quench that if you are willing to just sit down and, and read for a few minutes. Yeah, that experimentation that you want, they probably tried it in a uh, less expensive medium than making a feature film. So if you'd like to uh, open up this novel, I could definitely get you what you're looking for. <laughs> exactly. it, it's funny because I have an aunt. Um, she's probably in her late 50s, early 60s, and she's loud. She's fucking obnoxious. She tells you like the minute she retires, she's just going to start smoking weed all fucking day because that's like her bag. Like she's so excited to like not get drug tested at her work. And she's insane. I love her to pieces. She is like a huge reason why I love reading. And it's funny because like she, I think speaking with her and I think like even knowing her a little bit, you're like, this bitch doesn't fucking read. Like she's nuts. She swears every other word. Like she's crazy. But like, she was telling us a story about how she literally pulls a Brian and like falls asleep to like with her Kindle in her hand <laughs> every night. Oh. She's like, I love reading. And she, what did she tell us that she reads like four books a week? Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, like, wow. That's insane. That's you know, awesome. And I, and I was insane. just like, that is so cool. Like, you know, that she kind of like defies those stereotypes. And I, wanted, I was like, yeah, she's I wanted cool. to recommend comments to her, but I don't know if she would. Oh, no, to she me. totally wouldn't read it. Yeah. But she would read like, um, she, like she, a book about fucking like a serial killer. She, she, you see, what you needed to do is you got to get her while something's in the news. Like you had to have got her mouse while mouse was in the news. And then mm-hmm. it's not reading a comic. It's reading something topical. And that's the gateway drug. Yes. Genius. <laughs> well, thank you. So I guess I'll, I'll, I'll uh, round this all out here with my last recommendation for the episode. Um, so I love talking about indie comics. Obviously, we do a podcast. <laughs> and so if I didn't, we wouldn't be doing it. Um, but um, you know, I do like DC and Marvel books, and there's some quality stuff coming out. Um, and uh, I just wanted to hit uh, Nightwing real quick. Um, starting on issue 78 of the of the most recent series, uh, Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo took over, and Nightwing's my favorite character in the DC universe. Uh, has been for a very long time. We went through some dark ages where I couldn't read the Nightwing book because uh, not a big Rick Grayson fan. <laughs> so um, that was a bunch of noise and and was terrible. So I'm kind of glad we're out of that. And we are now in uh, a new era, which happens to be written by one of my favorite current writers. Um I guess you, I was going to say up and coming writers, but I don't know if he's still up and coming. I think he's kind of, he's here. He's established. <laughs> it is funny how uh, things become old, but because you're so established, they still feel new. Cause right. Like I feel like Tom Taylor's a new writer, but I'm like, no, Tom Taylor's been in my life for a good, like seven, eight years at this point. <laughs> yeah. He uh, much, you know, like um, I got introduced to him with, uh, with Wolverine when he was writing the, yeah. the Laura Kinney books. And uh, and he, he he introduced the world to Gabby, which is one of the greatest things ever. <laughs> you know, I love Gabby, so I definitely will be a Tom Taylor fan for life. And um, and so over and so basically, the the series uh, 
focuses around obviously so one thing if you're a classic nightwing reader you know that nightwing began like his solo stuff in the city of bloodhaven he's back in bloodhaven he's been back in bloodhaven for a little bit now uh since the rebirth has started um they're slowly bringing back some cool elements of that like now once again the main adversary of nightwing is uh is is blockbuster which blockbuster Yep. I thought they went out of business. No, he's back. He's uh, his, his partner Hollywood Video is totally not there, but <laughs> Blockbuster is, is so. And Blockbuster is your your Wilson Fisk kingpin character of the DC yeah, universe. He's, he's he's a heavy. Yeah, he's huge. He's intelligent. He's manipulative. He's 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 a good planner. You know, he's a great kind. You know, great adversary. You know, especially when you're fighting like street level crime. And um, he's running the city of, of Bloodhaven from behind. Um, this series, uh, I guess, in the Batman series recently, uh, Alfred was murdered. Oh, shit. And, um, and so Alfred, well, it turns out, you find out in the first issue that um, through Alfred's will, he tells you basically to Dick, um, to Nightwing, if you're not familiar dick Ray, in case I, i'm sure you all know but nightwing is basically <laughs> the first robin is dick grayson and alfred you know the butler of batman <laughs> you know so um well it turns out that alfred even though he was a butler he was doing it out of love because he made some great investments in his life <laughs> and he had a stockade of money you know, literally in the hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And Alfred basically um, in his will before he died, um, basically told, you know, he gave it all to Dick. And the reason for that is basically, he's like, I know you'll know what to do with this. (laughs) And so, and so Dick Grayson um, is now a millionaire. Multimillionaire, and I guess in the comics too, Batman right now is not a, a millionaire. He lost all his money, oh, so it's shit. kind of oh, a really? weird disposition. <laughs> What's going on here? But I was gonna say Alfred's hierarchy is almost certainly Dick, then Tim, then Bruce, and then yes. Jason, and then uh, Damien. He's he's the world's greatest dad, essentially. My bad. Um, that 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 was sexist of me. It's <laughs> Dick, then Barbara, Barbara, then Tim, then Tim, then <laughs> Bruce. Yes. And then uh, probably uh, Kathy and uh, and, um, and Steph, Stephanie, yeah, and then Jason and uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Damien. No one talks about Jason, uh, or no one talks about Bruno Redondo. Actually, we are talking about Bruno. Redondo. Okay, no. <laughs> that's a bad joke. Um, so, uh, um, so now he's got millions of dollars. He, um, it's kind of sitting on it. Um, besides. It being back in Bloodhaven, besides it being, um, you know, Blockbuster, is there, um, he's, he's, he's striking up at least a friendship with Barbara again. Uh, Barbara Gordon's a major part of this comic as well. Hmm. Um, it's budding into a, a romance. You can kind of see it coming a mile away, which is cool because, um, you know, I've, you know, I, I'm a fan of the, the Nightwing Batgirl, you know, relationship. Um, Oh no, I, I'm Team Dick and Corey. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> I'm, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like actually, I'm kind of a fan of like all of his relationships, even when he was 
um, in the beginning of Rebirth, he was he was dating a um, a, a like a, a, an antihero slash like um, uh, like graffiti artist, and she was really cool. And I was like, I was like, cool, like let that happen. If it's not, if the editorial won't let it happen with Barbara, then let it happen, or with or with Corey with uh, Starfire, then you know let, let's let's find a cool relationship for Nightwing, and and hopefully she won't become you know living in a refrigerator soon. Or not we're evil. <laughs> so, um, but I think we're past that. Hopefully, we're past that era in comics almost. <laughs> so, um, anyways, so um, the um, so this whole this whole series basically revolves around uh, what he's going to do with his money. He, um, at the same time, um, Blockbuster is making some some uh, plans to kind of continue holding his power in Bloodhaven. Um, he kills the current mayor uh, with his bare hands and uh, uh, basically manipulates the polls to uh, have somebody who he believes is in his pocket um, become the new mayor. Uh, when I say this person's name, if you're a, a classic Dick Grayson Batman Robin fan, you might realize where the, uh, the issue is. Uh, her name is Melinda Zuko. That last name. Oh, that's bad. Yes. <laughs> so Tony Zuko uh, is the person who killed Dick's parents. Oh wow. Um, so obviously, when she when he sees <laughs> that there's a Zuko and that is probably in bed with the mob, he's not too happy because, um, according to um, her history, she was raised by the Moronis, which is another big boss family in the uh, the Gotham universe, and um, so. So yeah, um, not too happy. Uh, also, there happens to be a new supervillain running around that um, labeled Heartless. Uh, he literally is attacking the homeless community and stealing their hearts. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. So he, so with all this going on, um, I'm not gonna. There's a there's a slight spoiler of who Melinda Zuko is as well. I'm not gonna say who, but you know, there's a reveal. Um, I'm I'm essentially six issues behind because I'm reading it on the DCUI app. Um, so um, I get my book six months after they come out. And um, the newest issue that's on here, it goes into the fear state um, story arc. So I think things get interrupted a little bit. There's new artists on this, on this episode or this uh, issue that's coming out. I haven't read it yet, but um, issue 84, Robbie Rodriguez is drawing it but from what i hear the uh tom taylor did a good job kind of keeping his story on track even though they were going through the whole fear state thing um which is nice because usually events like this destroy good stories <laughs> so um but anyways um so with all that going on also nightwing uh adopted a dog yeah um uh, a little puppy and uh that the fan fandom and also literally gets called in the within the book um, is named Bitewing. <laughs> I forget the dog's real name, or but but the, that's what like everyone calls him. Call, calls her is Bitewing, and then so and Dick's like, well, why does my dog have two names? And then Barbara's like, look at all of us. We all have two different names. <laughs> why can't a dog have two different names as well? So um, he decides with the money that he's gonna essentially give it away. He's gonna he's basically gonna give it to the city he's going to create homes first for you know everybody to try to get the homeless off the street and then 
from there, you know, like basically work on like giving enough money to people to, to create a, you know, have jobs that have living wages, basically make the world a livable place for everybody, you know, like, you know, education, you know, jobs, good wages, homes, mental health, um, medical, you know, like all that kind of stuff. He's, he's basically beginning working on getting all that cleaned up in Bloodhaven. And the plan, because um, when he's working, he worked out this plan with uh, probably one of the best people to talk to when it comes to uh, to to helping the world. He he works out the plan with Superman, <laughs> and so like basically figures out that if he does this in Bloodhaven, maybe he it'll it'll create a ripple, and other millionaires and other cities will start doing this themselves as well. So you know, like you know, or at least in some way, you know, kind of just start a movement essentially so or at least bloodhaven will be a nice safe utopia uh, um if not the rest of the world so kind of starting small going and then going big essentially which is pretty cool um that was the so um so yeah like and obviously blockbuster's not too happy the the guy killing uh, the homeless and stealing their hearts is not too happy, so he's making enemies that uh, with the people that um, you know they make some antagonists that don't want the world to be a good place for everybody. So we'll see where it goes from there. But the art's great, story's great. Tom Taylor has a good sense of humor, so even though there's literally a guy, you know, ripping people's hearts out, it still has a good sense of humor to it. Awesome. <laughs> so. You know, I definitely um, recommend checking out Nightwing if you haven't already. The the current story arc, at least the arc I'm on, is called uh, Stepping Out Into the Light. So, you know, kind of quite literally, you know, because he's going from being the night crime fighter into becoming a day philanthropist. Cool. So, very cool. And then when Batman calls you and says, I'm proud of what you've done, that's, that's a good sign <laughs> that you're doing a good thing. <laughs> But yeah, so that was my last uh, recommendation for this episode. Have you have you read any of the Nightwing at all, Richard? Did we lose Richard? No, are you there? Oh, you're on mute. Apologies, yes, because I, <laughs> I was definitely answering you. Um, no, I, basically all DC books I pick up every week, but I'm so behind on DC books. Basically, I. I haven't read anything new from DC since Rebirth started. I read DC Universe Rebirth. I was super hyped. I think I read the I read Batman Re, Rebirth and the first three Batman issues, and I haven't read anything since. <laughs> oh <Yo>, wow! <laughs> um, well, but I've been I still been picking it up because at some point I will have the time. Yeah, there's there's some good stuff in there, and there's a lot of not so good stuff, but. Um, you know, like, um, actually, I I should do a, a reverse reread. But no, no Rick Grayson though. I'm not I'm not going through that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Tom King. Um, but not not gonna read that. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, when you get yeah, when you get to when you get to Nightwing, I definitely hope you hope you enjoy it because uh, this is so the, the last. Best. 
the last uh, Dick Grayson I deep dove in was the Grayson book where he had no secret identity, where he was a spy. And that book, I really thought I was going to hate, but I enjoyed it more. Like, it was one of those things, I don't even know if it was good or not, but I was so out on it when I started it that it was like, well, it really uh, overcame my very meager expectations. So <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well as a as a Nightwing super fan. I ended up enjoying it as well. You know, it, yeah. it had it definitely had its flair and it was fun. And and I I've always we were talking about the past relationships with Dick Grayson. I've always been I've actually kind of liked the the Huntress uh, Dick, uh, Nightwing relationship as well. Yeah, and that, and that was kind of big in that series. So so that was that was pretty cool too. Yeah, and and the art was uh, fantastic. I think that was the first time I came across. I think it's a was it Mikel Michael Jannon or something. Yes, I believe. I think, I think, I think that's that was... the first time I came across him, and it was really really solid art. In that book. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty awesome. Um, speaking about art, and Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo did um, Suicide Squad. Um, okay. Uh, uh, right before they got they got Nightwing, and. So I'm not a huge Suicide Squad fan, like the comic. I've never been a big fan. And like we were talking earlier, I'm like, I'm with you. I'm not a huge Deadpool fan. But in 2019, I had in my like top 10 books, I had a Deadpool series and a Suicide Squad series. And it was because, oh, wow. it was because Tom Taylor was writing Suicide Squad and it was amazing. And, and um, Kelly Thompson was writing Deadpool and had, mm. had the uh, Elsa Bloodstone in it as well. And, right. and, and Justin Landshark. So, so it was, and that was pretty amazing as well. So it was kind of a weird time for me to be like, oh, I love Suicide Squad and Deadpool. I am so mm-hmm. hardcore right now. <laughs> I could say I've read very little Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. but I, I love, love, love the Secret Six, which is basically like yes. other Suicide Squad. Like it's basically like, I feel like it's rare for those books to come out at the same time. It's like, oh, we're either, DC's like, we're doing one or the other because it's pretty much the same sentiment. Mm-hmm. And having Bane be like a surrogate father to people, that, that was a very interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just like, I never knew I wanted sweet, sensitive Bane in my life. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he's awesome. No, totally. Yeah, yeah, no, it was that was yeah, that was a that was a fun series. And it was uh, you know, like like Catman and Scandal and all, all of them. They, they were all yeah. very flawed <laughs> characters, but written very well. But like a uh, Catman and uh, Deadshot, where they're rivals but they're bros. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like it was just like this really contentious relationship that becomes budding respect. That it's like, oh, I guess this is my best friend. Yep, that's pretty cool. Uh, right. Well, Gary had to step out for a, a second here, so maybe I might well, we just go ahead and close the show. If so, once again. We're probably going to do something like this next week as well. I uh, hope you all enjoyed. There's a lot of things going on in the, our lives right now. So it's uh, you know, kind of a, a, a show where we kind of have to half prepare for and we just get to talk and have fun. You know, A little bit freewheeling and a lot less research. That's yes. exactly what we needed in our lives right now. Exactly. And I, <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed. I hope we, we've given you some stuff to, to check out. You know, like, yeah. um, it'll, it'll all be in the notes uh, once we when this episode goes up. When, well, you, now you're listening to the episode if it's gone up. So you can check the notes. So uh, I think that'll, that'll be it. So uh, anything else, Richard, or... Oh, I'll just end on my last note. I am not suggesting that you read or watch One Piece because you're not made of free time. <laughs> that said, 
it is so fucking phenomenal. Like it's like a drug for me. You could stick it right into my vein. So if you need some pop, a piece of pop culture that's that good, and that you're gonna love the characters, you're gonna be attached emotionally, and there's gonna be such good action, such great fights, but it's also gonna delve into Looney Tuniness every now and again and be very cartoony. It'll be your bag. But if, also, you know, you're you're not made of free time, so <laughs> you know what? It's it's spring cleaning time. Um, you know, if you don't speak Japanese, put on the dubs and you know, put it on your TV while you're cleaning. And it's kind yeah. of a good thing to have in the background and like and, and check it out. You know, it's that's one of my favorite uh favorite pieces of pop culture media. I can't gush about it enough. It's just insanely long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not finished. And it's well, still not finished. <laughs> Well, um, so I think well, that, that's it. I think next episode, I will bring something that is uh, kind of a hard thing to get into because of, of its long history. Um, it's a video game, though. So let's we'll, do it. I'll be be introducing some new stuff to y'all, hopefully, or talking about things that you really like, which is always fun to listen to and listen about. There you go. All right. Well, everyone, Richard, thank you again. And for Richard, for Carrie, and for myself, you all have a good day. Bye-bye. Later.